0: Welcome to the podcast of Tony Mayo, the business owner's executive coach. This podcast is the audio from our free weekly webinar, Tuesdays with Tony at 12. You can see the video, download the slides, and other materials at tiny.cc/slash twtony. That's t-i-n-y.cc/slash twtony, all lowercase.
1: So, welcome. The Tuesday is with Tony at 12. It's 12 o'clock on the East Coast of the United States. And that's the time I go by when I'm here, which is most of the time. So we've had a number of sessions. Uh, There's a good uh, catalog now up on the web of videos and audios and support information. Soon, I hope, uh, not I hope, soon I know, but I hope within a week or two, uh, the audio portion of each of our webinars will be available on my podcast so you can listen to the audio and so far we talked about the first session was what is executive coaching just what does it mean or what is it supposed to mean because coaching has become one of those words that's so popular means almost nothing it seems these days the uh, then we talked about a breakthrough you know what is a breakthrough what is it that sometimes things in our lives shift so much that we're actually living in a new world with new possibilities Uh, Once we understood that possibility of a breakthrough uh, in what's available to us, we thought, well, what are some of the criteria for breakthrough? And then we talked about breakdown, which is probably the least popular of the criteria for breakthrough because most of us try to avoid, push off, uh, and not encounter breakdowns. But I hope last time we learned a different way to relate to a breakdown in the sense of things not going the way we anticipated, not happening the way we had hoped. Uh, We can take these as opportunities to investigate, to find out what's going on, to increase our facility with life. Just as, if you think about it, much of what you probably know about illness and how the body works and fails to work is because of some illness or problem you or someone close to you has had. All these unwelcome illnesses uh, and medical problems have increased our facility with working with these medical problems. Uh, Similarly with, with cars, almost everything I know about cars not operating properly is from the times they didn't. So we can push these away, we can resist them, we can suppress them, or we can take a more curious attitude what is going on here? How does this system work? And once we get those, what coaches call distinctions, insights, concepts, once we can distinguish these things, we have more facility with them. And as some people who've gotten high quality coaching say, they start to feel like now they've got their hands on the controls of life and they're not passengers anymore, that they know more about how things operate based often on when they didn't operate the way we intended, hoped, or expected. I'm gonna take that idea a little bit further. This breakdown, which exists only in language, it's only a breakdown when we say so, otherwise it's just what's happening. I see something popping up, yes. I am always double checking uh, who's here. Welcome, Julie, Uh, because Sometimes Zoom decides that people should wait in the waiting room until I admit them. So I make sure people are coming in uh, anytime they want to drop in. All right, so I was talking about how, what's breaking down as a declaration, as what we just say in language, is the invisibility of how so many things work. Just as to use the example I, I used last time, Uh, when I want to take a note, I, I pick up my paper, I pick up my pen, and I'm writing. But if the ink isn't appearing steadily on the page, it's natural for me to start looking at the pen and investigating what's going on. And I start to learn about pens and springs and ink supplies and how to clean the balls, that sort of thing. So I know more about how to use pens. But most of the time, I'm writing. The pen is invisible. So... The idea is, the coaching distinction is, when the invisibility of how parts of the world function breaks down, we get to see into the function of it and increase our ability and our facility to do things. All right, so that was the capsule version of the first uh, half dozen of our webinars. So let me give you a chance if there's any questions about what I've said so far in terms of understanding it, Uh, Or in terms of applying it, maybe if you've been here before or listened to some of the recordings You've tried to apply some of these concepts and maybe had a breakdown Or a breakthrough either way. I'm curious to hear so anyone want to to pop in uh, Either from the chat window or out loud
2: Uh, Tony I find that that the the Viewpoint of looking as a breakdown to a breakthrough has been really helpful.
1: I think that's because I didn't have this turned up. Please speak again.
2: Oh, sorry. My apologies. Um, I find the viewing, viewing a breakdown to a breakthrough. Okay. I just
1: fixed the audio, so I haven't heard what you said.
2: Oh, it's okay. No worries. Um, Finding the, the, uh, the mindset of, of the breakdown to the breakthrough, switching the, the mindset to that has been really helpful since I've last been on with you.
1: Is there a particular incident you're comfortable sharing with us where it was helpful?
2: Um, my husband is in the middle of trying to sell, um, trying to buy a business. And, um, he was, um, a little bit frustrated and he was referring to something as a problem. And then I was saying, well, you know, uh, I was wording it like as a breakdown and it was a lot better of, um, a wording of of it and being able to see the issue better than just as a problem. Exactly. And essentially we were able, we were able to find a better solution Un- because we were able to um, understand the problem the problem a lot better <laughs> besides a breakdown.
1: <laughs> and frustration is a good clue that it might be a good time to declare a breakdown. Yes. Uh, frustration, puzzlement, um, just being thwarted in any way. You could declare a breakdown, step back and say, well, what is going on with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going on? Not this shouldn't be this way. It's, well, given it's this unanticipated maybe unwelcome way what's the other thing to do what could be our next step
2: it helps us to neutralize the feelings
1: oh, lips moving. I'm not hearing anything oh, that's okay. back up here of headphones hang on <laughs> let's see if I can hear anything now
2: how's that is that better now I can okay. hear Cool. No, it just, it helped to neutralize the feelings around it so we can come up with the solution better. There you go. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, because the the emotions that come up automatically are not always the most useful. So if we focus in on not what's right, wrong, it's more for what's going to work. Workability is a big concept, a distinction in coaching, is what's it going to take to get the result we want? Mm -hmm. And If that's a stated goal, um, especially in business, if you're very clear of the purpose you're up to, it's much easier to more quickly get to what will work. Whereas if we're not paying attention to clear stated goals and intentions, we tend to revert to an emotional response, usually based on some life strategy we designed when we were maybe six or seven years old. (laughs) If you think of it that way, it explains a lot of office misbehavior. remember one of my kids uh, said to me, I've, "I figured out how that show, the office works." They just have everyone react as though they were children. Yeah. That's pretty much how you write that pretty show. <laughs> yeah. And I had to stop watching that show because it was a little too real. <laughs> All right. So I'm hoping that I have a different slide coming up now. I don't seem to. Why is that not advancing? Here we go. It changed here, then it's changing there. All right, so here is uh, the sort of guide sheet to uh, problem versus breakdown. And I'll I'll give you a link so you can get this as a PDF and, and look at it more closely. In fact, why can't I just do that right now? Let's see if I'm lucky enough to do that. I don't see the original document. I'll get it to you. Here's what we're, we're, we're dealing with here is once you declare, when you declare a breakdown, that is as Jane sort of automatically found, we gen- tend to call these things problems, but we deal with problems in a certain way. But if we call it a breakdown, we deal with a different way. So realize I'm not changing the circumstances, I'm not pretending, this isn't positive attitudes, this isn't the secret, not magical thinking. Its stuff happens in the world, in that little tiny part of the circle I had last time, there's this thick layer of interpretation. The automatic interpretation for many of us is to call it a problem, but we could choose to have the interpretation break down. So by declaring it a breakdown, we deal with it in a different way. And the foundation of this is a problem is something that's wrong. Essentially, we're saying this should not be. And saying something should not be is a fairly self-destructive approach. In fact, it gets to the point where uh, one wise man, one of the founders of executive coaching said, the thought of this should not be is the root of all suffering. Now, I'm not saying that's everything that's uncomfortable or painful. You no know, pain is real. There are nerve endings and they get stimulated and they send pen, pain signals. Suffering is what we add to it with our thoughts, our words, our emotions. So all suffering comes from the thought, this shouldn't be. But there's a real problem with this and you'll remember it as soon as I point it out, which is we only say this shouldn't be when it is. So it's... Uh, chasing your tail and digging a hole for yourself and any other metaphor you might come by. When you say this shouldn't be, you're fighting reality. And that's not a winning formula. So saying this is wrong and it should not be leads us down. What should we do? There's got to be something to do. I don't like reality. I don't like the facts of the situation. I want to grab them, move them around, adjust them. This works to some degree. but Boy, it could be exhausting, especially when we're trying to change the whole world. Uh, to suit ourselves, like that old parable of the uh, prince who uh, got a cut on his foot because there was some debris uh, out in the city. And the king decreed that all dangerous items should be covered uh, with thick layers of fabric or leather. And the wise man said, yeah, that could get a little impractical, expensive. How about we just put shoes on the prince? Uh, Rather than change the world, let's adjust how we deal with it by putting on shoes instead of trying to coat the whole world in fabric. So what to do is the path we tend to get down to when it treats like a problem, because it shouldn't be this way, so let's change it. And that gets us into, now just read down this list, resisting, explaining, usually by explaining what's wrong with other people, or excusing, explaining how good we are despite what we just did, uh, justifying, blaming, that's kind of the same thing. Uh, just try to survive, just get through it. Which again, at least that gets you to play another game, but you start stringing together lots of incidents of bare survival. Uh, it's pretty exhausting, not very appealing. A lot of jobs people approach just as survival. They have hump day and freedom Friday. Those people are surviving. <clears throat> fixing, changing, becoming a victim. You could become uh, isolated, It's, it's me, it's my problem, it's about me. It also tends to lead to repetition. When we treat things as being wrong and try to resist them, we tend to start encountering the same thing again. Now part of this is our emotions and our declaration. When we describe a certain situation as in the category of problem, we start finding others similar situations and putting them in that problem category right away. And one I still haven't quite been able to overcome is if I get an unexpected uh, caller ID from someone who's a client, I assume it's a problem. Now I try to take a breath and recover from that, but uh, we, we start to repeat that that, that issue. We, have a lot of, we all have these little um, worn paths that we tend to fall into and we need our Chosen declared goals and paths to counteract that way that works better for us. So, repetition happens. We tend also to get into a competitive win lose state of mind when things are a problem. This is bad for me, or it's uh, bad for someone I care about. Forcing an outcome, feeling like or in repair. So, all the summary of this what to do column is that the driver of our experience becomes story we have about the past. Now that, saying our story, I don't mean it's a, a, a thrilling novel. Uh, it's that thick layer we have around what happened is how we make sense of things. And that's something humans do constantly. I mean, that's why optical illusions are illusions. It's because whatever we're presented with, we try to have it fit into something else. We want continuity. We want things to make sense. When something happens, we want it to be because of that thing that happened before. All that's elements of story. What I said earlier about repetition is that aspect of story as well. We're trying to make it fit our interpretation of how the world works. I was talking to a client this morning and I said something that coaches often say, which is once people have a story, even if it's a story they don't like, that doesn't support what they're really up to, they tend to find evidence to support that story. It's almost as if sometimes people would rather be right than happy. We'd like to be right about how kids are, about how the world is going, about how our luck can only last so long. And we start collecting evidence to fit this explanation, this continuity of the world. So when we're in problem mode, declaring that whatever results we're encountering are problematic, we find that our experience, how we feel right now, is our story about the past, how we explained things before. Now I'm concerned about looking at what the current experience is using various tools and distinctions, emotions and stories. because when you stop and think about it, the present experience is all we have. It's always all we have. Now, right now, you may be saying, oh, no, I have, I have a whole past. I have all this stuff that's happened to me, and I have a future. I've got plans. I've got things that are sure to happen. Yes, it does seem that way. But if you get really concrete about it, what we have is a current experience that includes memories of the past, very limited and distorted memories, by the way, and hopes and expectations about the future. But those memories and hopes are being experienced now. And in a minute, they'll be happening now again, and then there'll be another now. So I'm very interested in coaching distinctions, practices and ideas, in terms of how they affect our experience now. So this is, I believe, a concrete insight. I don't think this is a, this is a word game. Uh, if you realize that you, all you have is an experience now and that experience now can include hopes about the future stories about the past, but it's always now you've really got some power. Now, it's not as much power as some people would like. One of my favorite uh, incidents on TV ever, was when the Simpsons did their episode on the financial crisis of 2008. And Homer Simpson had taken out a large home equity loan and spent the money. He was being foreclosed on by the bank. And he went to the bank very irate. And he said, why are you asking for this money back? And they said, well, it's a loan, we want the money back. He said, no, no, no. When you lend me this money, you told me I wouldn't have to pay it back till later. It's still now. Didn't work in that case. But for coaching and distinctions and being effective moment to moment, think about what the present experience is because that's all we've got. And then with luck, you'll have another present experience. All right, now let's look at the breakdown side of this chart, uh, declaring a breakdown. Same circumstances, same person, but instead of declaring and therefore treating it like a problem, we're going to declare it And treat it like a breakdown where the invisibility of how our world operates opens up a little bit so we can look at the mechanism and understand better how we might find a workable approach to dealing with it. All right. So when it's a problem, there's something wrong. When it's a breakdown, there's something to learn. When it's a problem, this should not be. But a breakdown recognizes this is. It just is. Nothing else added to it, nothing taken away. It is without the evaluation, without the working it into a story from the past, without it undermining our hopes for the future. Just is. Oh, I get the prayer. Maybe that's what this is about. I invented the prayer position. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'll put a TM next to that. Not trademarked. It's just my initials. Okay, so the bold faced insight under the breakdown side is instead of as a problem, we think about what to do, it's on me to take action, it's how to be. What kind of person am I committed to being now that I've got this insight into how things operate? So, on the one side, under problem, we're resisting the way it is. Step number one on the breakdown side is acceptance. Now, acceptance doesn't mean I approve it, I like it, I want more of it. It just means I accept this is. Now that I've got that much, let's work with what we have instead of what we hoped for, of of what we regret. So we're dealing with accepting what is. On the problem side, it's all about explaining and excusing putting more layers of interpretation and story on top of what is. On the breakdown side, it's responsibility. What is my ability to respond to this? It may not be a perfect response, it may not be predictable how it, how it affects things, but what responses are available to me? What could I say, what could I, what could I do? Maybe the best response is to sit quietly, clear our minds. Maybe we should rest, step away from it for a while, come back later. It's a way of being. On the problem side, we have justifying and blaming, which is pointing fingers. Whereas on the breakdown side, I have learning. Now I use learning a particular way. I'll probably have a whole session on this at some point. But the key idea of learning I got from Dr. Albert Bandura, who's a professor of education at Stanford, at least he was 20 years ago, uh, said, Learning is novel behavior as a result of new information. And you can see now why we need both parts. Plenty of people get new information, no different behavior. It's only learning if you do something different. Hey, we got a breakdown. We could do something different next time. We can do something novel right now. That's the learning. On the problem side, we're just trying to survive, get through, put our head down, get to another day. On the breakdown side, it's an opportunity to grow. And that's important because that's what living things do. It's one of the criteria for life is growing. Now, we've got to survive to grow. That's minimum acceptable. But we're looking for opportunities to grow and develop, to learn. That's much more appealing than fixing problems. Who wants to spend all day fixing problems? Who wants to spend all day learning and growing? That's the difference. Fixing or changing, on the problem side, we have creating on the breakdown side. Now these are different. Fixing or changing, you take what you've got and you sort of rearrange it, polish it up. Creating, you can start from nothing. You can just create. Like, you know, in the beginning there was the word, in the world was created you create your world with words or lock it in place if you use words like problem and being a victim all right so that's the next one victims have problems agents notice breakdowns agents agency is that philosophical concept that we have dominion and power over our actions our reactions our words that we're not just leaves in the wind. As humans, we have agency and can take actions towards appropriate goals. All right, I'm gonna, one and a half halfway through the list, I'm gonna run through it, then will take some questions. Something else I noticed in working with clients, that's how this list came about, by the way. I had a group of clients get together who are skilled and experienced at the distinctions that I've been talking about. And I said, I've noticed all of you have fewer problems, and now you're having breakdowns. Let's talk about the differences, and we developed this list together by examining the ways they applied it over a period of years. So, when you have a problem, it feels isolating. It's my problem. It's on my shoulders, it's weighing me down. But breakdowns are opportunities to be related, to find out what your relationship is with the other people involved. And if there aren't other people involved, to bring them into it, to be related, to get more people involved. Whereas problems tend to repeat, breakdowns give us a way of liberation because we're being creative, we're learning, we're doing something new. There's this freedom from the past of we're being liberated. And many martial arts and uh, Eastern Eastern disciplines are are called paths of liberation. The liberation is from the mindset and interpretation that things have to be exactly the way they were, that we're a certain kind of person, that we have a certain kind of luck, that we understand only narrow things. No, we can liberate ourselves from these constricting victim problems and be more creative because we just see the invisibility of how the world operates breaking down so we can be more active with it. All right? Whereas problem people compete, they see win-lose, breakdown people see cooperation, opportunities for win-win. It happens so often, but it has to happen in conversation, in communication, in a sincere curiosity in exploration. And I like the word exploration because X means outward. We're looking out at new things instead of inward about what's wrong with us, how our life goes, what was done to us kind of thing. All right, so competition win-lose versus uh, cooperation win-win, problem people are forcing a particular outcome and has to look this way at this time, whereas in the breakdown we're focused on how to be, it's more about holding the space, another concept we talked about earlier. Just as the Native Americans cleared land in a forest so the deer would come to them where they'd be harvested at their ease and uh, convenience, instead of, running them down in the forest. You know, not having deer could be a problem where you gotta chase it down, or it could be a breakdown where you notice how things operate. Deer like this, we can do that, we can attract them. So holding a space for a possible solution. And people with problems are always in repair. There's always something to be fixed, something to be changed, something to be made different. Whereas the key to making the most of a breakdown is conversation. So many times work work with a client on something that seems like a hairy, thorny problem, it's some conversation that has to be had. And that's maybe the most important thing I can press upon you is when you feel frustrated, when you feel like things aren't going your way, when you're feeling like a victim, when you don't blame people, you want to start explaining things, when you start to suffer, think about what conversation could be had. And there's one particular kind of conversation we, uh, we'll be talking about soon on this webinar, which is the request, where we ask someone to do a particular thing at a particular time. That resolves a lot of business problems by declaring them breakdowns and looking for a conversation. Now, all this adds up to the driver of the present experience, instead of being our story about the past, it's our invented possible future. I guarantee not chosen off a shelf, not adopted from someone else, but really invented because we're explorers and we can invent, how about this? And if I'm being the kind of person where that outcome is more likely to happen, whether that outcome happens or not, my present experience is being that kind of person. All right, and finally at the bottom of this graphic is towards the problem side, we're focused on the past way things were, what we did, what we had. But by paying attention to the present, we get a way of being that's future-oriented. How do I be? Then what can I do? And what will I have? So the the foundation becomes our way of being. And that leads naturally to certain things that we do. And that generates what we have. Where so much of the past is about how things were, what what we have makes it possible for what we do. Huh? And then I'll be happy. So it's, if I had more money, I could do more fun things and I'd be happy. Well, maybe if I'm happy, I'd, have, uh, I'd be doing different things and uh, I'd have more opportunities. It's a funny inversion, but it seems to work pretty well uh, when I'm, I remember to do it. Okay, let me see if there's any uh, feedback or questions, concerns about what I laid out here. And I will get the graphic to you. All right, so I think we, I got my. I hammered my point, pummeled it into the ground. No questions, no concerns. But please download the graphic, uh, make some use of it, and then we'll come back next time and talk about uh, how to fine tune the application of declaring a breakdown when so much of our emotion in history is wanting us to be the victim of a problem. All right. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you again next Tuesday at 12. Okay. Cheers.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. More coaching like this is available at TonyMayo.com. That URL is T-O-N-Y-M-A-Y-O.com. We appreciate your comments, suggestions for future topics, and, most of all, stories of how you applied the coaching. Our email address is podcast at mayogenuine.com. This podcast is the property of executive coach Tony Mayo, all rights reserved worldwide.